and welcome to Finance Conversations. This is the 31st episode of the Merging Life and Money Show, and I am super excited to be here. For those of you who do not know me, I am your host, Marie-Jo Cesar. I help professional women acquire and apply the relevant financial skills and knowledge they need to take control of their money, manage their finances, and understand that they can live their best life with the money they have. Thank you for joining in today. If you are watching the replay, make sure to type hashtag replay in the chat and leave me some comments and questions. Welcome, welcome, and welcome. I come to you live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to share valuable information about how to achieve financial wellness and live your life with means and meaning. Today, we are going to talk about a very important topic which form part of your financial plan and that is estate planning. More precisely, estate planning for newlywed. And to address this topic, uh, I have with me uh, Anisha Hart, an estate planning attorney from Washington State. But for, I should say from Washington State. Anisha's passion is to help families and small businesses for the future by securing their estate plan today. She makes the confusing understandable and explains the financial risk of not creating an estate plan. Welcome, Anne Michelle, to the Merging Life and Money Show, and welcome followers and listeners. Thanks for joining in today. So grab a pen and a notebook, as you might want to take some notes to discuss further with family members, friends, colleagues, etc., because it is about sharing values that could benefit others. From um, the moment a couple says, I do, their legal and financial connection takes a new meaning. So if you took the time to plan the perfect wedding, you should also take the time to protect your spouse. So I am going to turn it over to Anisha so she can tell us more about why it is important for newlyweds to sort out their estate plan early in the game of marriage. So, Michelle, my understanding is that doing your estate plan shortly after your wedding could be the most important move that a couple would ever make. I have two questions. Absolutely. Go ahead. Why would a newlywed couple need an estate plan? Uh, I must well, say, because estate planning tends to suggest to suggest mm -hmm. death, you know, it's kind of yeah. morbid. And two, why is it so important? It is important. And I just want to remind everybody that this is for entertainment purposes only. I'm not giving you legal advice. So if you need legal advice, give me a call and we'll discuss your particular uh, situation. But I, ideally, once your life becomes entwined financially and legally with another person, your spouse, you really need to make sure that you provide them the assets and the wherewithal and the authority to make decisions for you if something happens to you. And you need to know what your rights are if your spouse dies. When you first get married, a lot of people don't think about this, but you need to immediately think about changing over your assets. So you need your 
life insurance policies, your IRA, all of your financial documents, they need to change those beneficiary. Typically, if you're not married, they're your, your uh, mother and father on there. You need to make sure those are switched over to your spouse so that your spouse has finances after you pass away. The other thing to think about too, is you've got to change those assets like your car uh, and maybe your deed on your house over if you want to have it as joint ownership so that uh, spouses don't get kicked out of being able to use a car or the house if something happens to you. Okay. Um, so many things that we must think about, um, that we should think about, that we do not necessarily think about. Correct. So um, why um, does estate planning for newly, I mean, I should say, what does um, estate planning for newlywed entails? Uh, I know you mentioned, mm -hmm. make sure that you change, um, you know, your bank account. And um, if you have a pension plan, for example, you would want to make sure that the beneficiaries are changed, et cetera, et cetera. But tell, tell me more about that. Uh, I think one of the things that people don't understand about estate planning, especially when you're newly married, is there are two circumstances that you really need to pay attention to. And the first is if you are planning to have kids, it's a good idea to start talking about what happens to those hypothetical kids once you get married and maybe something happens to either one of you. Now is the perfect time to talk about which person is going to be the long-term guardian of your children. Um, you might find out that you have a difference of opinion with your spouse on whether it should be their parents or your parents or his sister or your sister. Uh, so talking about that ahead of time before you have kids irons out all of those. And it also helps you make a plan for if something happens to you while those kids are minors that they're taking care of. The other situation that people are running into more these days is we're starting to have more and more blended families. You need to sit down with your spouse if they have children or you have children from a prior relationship. You need to talk about where your assets are going after your death because your spouse may uh, unfortunately assume that they're getting everything and you may want some of it to go to your children from another relationship. So those need to be ironed out so there's no surprises later on as to what happens after you die. Okay, so <clears throat> tell us as well about the timeliness of putting your estate plan in place. Um, why is it so critical to have it done as soon as possible. I, I think the thing that people don't realize is what happens to your family or whatever when you don't have a plan in place. Uh, so I, I refer to people and I tell them what an what a probate is, is you get to sue yourself, your estate, use your money to pay a probate attorney by the hour to decide or to let the court decide what happens to your stuff. Um, if you have a plan in place, you get to control the cost of what the estate plan looks like. So you're not paying somebody by the hour, you're paying by the flat rate. And then you get to decide where your items go. I will tell you that if you don't have a plan in place, but you thought you were going to give to charity or you thought you were going to give to your best friend or, or someone else outside your family, if you do not have a plan, those people are cut out completely. Your things and your finances will only go to your family members. So it's really critical that if you say have... Um, a best friend that you want to leave your record collection to or your CD collection to, that has to be written in there or that friend is never going to get anything. Mm -hmm. I, I see. Um, <clears throat> the last time you were here uh, on the show last month, um, you made it clear that 
um, your estate plan was not just a will. Correct. Okay. So as it relates to newlywed, um, there are also other matters that must be covered in that estate plan. Am I correct? Yes. Other than just yes. doing the, you know, the banking, the, the insurance uh, uh, beneficiary change, the pension plan change and all that kind of stuff. So tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Correct. Correct. So a modern estate plan encompasses things like powers of attorney for finances, powers of attorney for health care, advanced health care directive, which some states call a living will. Washington thought that was too confusing, so they changed it to advanced health care directive. Uh, and then you also have things for end of life, um, for example, being able to order medical records, which is called a HIPAA form. The reason these are so important and your spouse needs to have the authority is if something happens to you and you are not able to make your wishes clear, your spouse has the authority to say what your wishes are. And especially with the advanced health care directive, you get to decide if you're terminal and you have no hope of recovery, what you want to have medically happen to you. And with this authority in their hands, your spouse will be able to speak for you when you can't. Okay. Uh, also, um, when it comes to kids, and you, you talk about those um, potential kids, right? How does mm -hmm. it go about appointing a guardian? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of There's people do not realize that unless a guardian is appointed, um, they, I mean, should something happen, they, they will never, um, right. you know, they will never be able to, uh, the kid will never be able to be with whomever you wanted it to be. Correct. The court gets to decide. So when you don't have a plan in place, uh, let's say let's say you and your spouse went out for dinner and the children were home with the babysitter and you got hit by a drunk driver on the way home. There's going to be a knock on the door. The babysitter is going to answer. They're going to see a police officer and the police officer is going to say to the babysitter, um, something's happened to the parents. We need to figure out what we're going to do with the children. Do you have legal authority? And she's going to say probably as a 16 year old or 17 year old, um, well, I can keep them. Well, she's underage. The answer is no, you can't. And then she says, well, how about the next door neighbor? Well, is there anything that's a legal document that tells the police officer that it's okay for your next door neighbor to take care of the kids? If the answer is no, then the police officer has no choice but to take those children into foster care until they can find a relative. Nobody wants that. Once the kids are in foster care, then the police go looking for the first relative they can find that can respond to come get the kids. May not be the person you want. So that person gets temporary custody of the kids, and then there's a court uh, hearing to decide who's going to be the permanent guardian. And that's typically where we see battle lines drawn over who gets the kids and who gets this and who gets that, and it really can tear people apart. And some people don't talk to their family members after a court fight like that. If you have a plan in place, here's what happens when something happens to you. There's a knock on the door. The babysitter opens the door, sees the police officers, and they say, I'm sorry, the parents are gone. Who do we call? The babysitter goes to the refrigerator, pours, pulls the sheet down, and it says, legally, uh, your sister Susie, who's in the next block over, gets your kids temporarily. And so the police officer goes to get your sister, and they she takes care of the kids. The kids don't even get pulled out of the house. Um, and at that point, if you have appointed a permanent guardian, then it just goes to court to have that permanent guardian approved, and then the kids transfer over to the permanent guardian. If your long-term guardian is out of state, it makes much more sense to have a short-term guardian here, let's say in Washington, that can get the kids temporarily until the permanent guardian can come pick them up from wherever state they're in. 
Uh, for example, I was just talking to a prospective client today and her kids are here. Her permanent guardian is in California. And so she's going to have a family member who's in Washington take the kids temporarily until the permanent guardian can come up from California to pick up the kids. Right. So that's so, so important. We don't even think about that. I mean, my kids are adults now, but I remember going out and God forbid nothing happened. Um, I would have never, although I had a will and I had a, a name guardian because this was important to me, you know, being a, a foreign to wherever I moved when I got married. So I wanted mm -hmm. to make sure that everything was okay. Should the, you know, uh, yeah. that, should you get that, you know, that situation. So, yeah. um, and I'm, I'm just saying that because we never, never think about it. Well, and when you when you explain the process to a parent and they go foster care, uh, no, I'm, mm -hmm. I mean, all of us have been in and out of the the news today about what happens in foster care with these kids. And honestly, I, I wouldn't want a kid in foster care. I would do everything I could think of to make sure that they didn't go there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I went um, somewhere also that the the rules are very per state. Let's say that you're married, uh, you, um, you know, you mentioned a blended family, and, um, okay, uh, one of the spouses dies, and um, <laughs> the way that they decide about uh, the allocation of the assets could vary from state to state. Am I correct? That is correct. Washington is a community property state, but there are states that are not. Uh, and also think about when you have kids from different relationships, you may assume that your kids are all going to stay together with the same grouping, but if they if they have different sets of relatives, they could argue about who gets the kids and then the kids could get separated. So you could have a child from a prior relationship that goes back to a family member from that line, but your current children from this relationship go to somebody in your line. Um, and chances are those kids aren't going to see each other unless you specifically have a plan where the kids either stay together or have the ability of meeting for vacations and spending time together. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to, to um, point that out because it's not one standard for for uh, every state. And not only that, I mean, it could be a situation where your parents uh, are factored in as well. That's <laughs> you know, correct. When it comes to the distribution of assets, right? That's correct. Well, and the other thing to think about is if you're getting either married later in life or remarrying later in life, it, it almost doesn't make sense to have your parents listed as the guardian for your minor children because they they may be of an age that that's starting to become an issue where they're they're not going to be able to take care of the kids with health concerns. Yes. And, yeah. and so you really need to start looking at who in your circle can take care of your kids and you want to name a guardian and then you want to name a backup and you want to name a backup to the backup. Right. Totally. Well, um, and Michelle, lots of information, I must say, lots of insight there because uh, we take so much for granted, okay? We do. Um, we, th we think about that perfect day, and we don't even think about, okay, the what-ifs. Yes. Okay? Yeah. So which, uh, which form part of your whole financial plan, um, you know, well, making if, sure yeah, that... Sorry. If you think about it, you get married to have a happily ever after. The estate plan is to ensure that you still continue that happily ever after. Correct. Correct. So thanks again. Lots of insight. So 
Uh, I can't believe we've been chatting here for 60 minutes already, and I, I like to keep it to a certain time. Um, so I'm going to wind down and sum it up a little bit. So today we talk about uh, estate planning for newlyweds, for newlyweds, and focused on what you should know about it, uh, why it is important to have it in place, and why why it should be done early, meaning soon after the honeymoon is over. <laughs> that, that kind of early. <laughs> okay. Right. So I am going to leave you with this last thought, uh, everybody. Um, estate planning, as Michelle mentioned, does not cover just who will get your assets upon death. It covers much more than that, okay? And it could apply long before you die, as well as long after you die. So an estate plan does not just come in handy once you are dead, okay? So uh, people think that and also think that it's on, on your, uh, one document, which is a will, which is not. So it can also include powers of attorney and healthcare directives, two very important legal documents that ensure your wishes will be carried out if you are temporarily or permanently incapable of handling them. Okay? This doesn't mean that you are dead yet. <laughs> but right. if you don't have that in place, um, somebody else could make a decision for you that you are not necessarily uh, in agreement with. Additionally, having a spouse doesn't necessarily mean that when you die, your spouse will inherit all of your assets, even if that was your wish, okay? Correct. So an estate plan will protect your beneficiaries and help minimize the chances of family strife and ugly legal battles, I could tell you. I know. Um, this could be the case, particularly when dealing with blended families, mm -hmm. right? So also, as parent of young kids, newlywed, you know, you would want to know that if the unthinkable were to happen, as you mentioned, your kids would be taken care of the way that you would have wanted. All right? So an estate plan gives you the ability to name your children's guardian in the event of your premature death, right? So if you have not done so, meaning having an estate plan in place, talk to an estate planning lawyer to help you with this process. Do not delay it, okay? Uh, remember also that an estate plan is only effective if you keep it current. So review your plan regularly or after any major life change, um, life changes event, and keep an eye on changes in tax laws or other financial legislation as well, because yes. there, are, there, there are benefits in having an estate plan as it relates to taxes. Um, so I hope that um, today's show helped you clarify the importance of estate planning, if, um, even for newlyweds. <laughs> and, and I'm saying that because we, we never think about it. Um, um, you know, when you just get right home, estate planning, that's, that's, uh, that's on old, that's for old people, you know, no, it's not. <laughs> so anyway, so as you know, I like to end the show with a quote and today's quote is from Richard Cushing and it reads, always plan ahead 
it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. Okay? So, uh, and Michelle, um, before I forget, yeah, give the audience your contact information should they wish to uh, contact you um, later on. And in fact, I'm going to also run a battle with your information, but you may want to, to tell them as well. Sure. So if you're not in Washington and you need a referral to an attorney in your state, please also give me a call. I'm happy to give referrals out. Uh, my contact information, my email is heartlawpllc at gmail.com. My phone number is 206-641-6014. And my website is heartlawpllcestateplansingular.com. So if you need to reach out to me, please do so. I'll be happy to answer questions. Thank you, Michelle. A big, big thanks to you for your awesome contribution today. And um, so that it, uh, the audience knows, I am running uh, Michelle's contact information um, at the bottom of the screen. And Michelle, I'm really looking forward to having you on the show next month on October the 28th. And, uh, and I would like to remind the audience uh, and the listeners that uh, Michelle. Um, was invited on the show last month and she um, agreed and she offered and so to, to be featured on the show um, every last Thursday of every month. So she will be uh, back again at the, uh, at the end of October uh, sharing valuable information about a particular topic uh, that relate to the basics of estate planning. Okay, and, I, and I'm um, happy to be here and answer questions. Thanks for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, for more information um, about how to achieve financial wellness from the inside out and live a purposeful life with the money you have, uh, join me next week Thursday at 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, uh, 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 9 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time for my Bermudan peeps and 10 a.m. Friday for my Australian friends. Thank you uh, for being here on the Merging Life and Money Show. I am your host, Marie-Jo César. I will be back again next week. Until then, continue merging life and money. Bye for now.